took the draft order. So, this is how we're gonna do it. I spent a lot of time, put a lot of effort into it, got very excited. So, that'll go over there. This Everyone is on the count of three, put your hand in, pull out a piece of paper. Here we go, one, two, three. Oh, wow. There it this is. This is really exciting. Number oh, four. Number six. Number one. Number one. <laughs> Tim Brady, mother Congratulations. But that is not where you're going to be drafting. See the kids over there? The kid with your number is your kid. Where they finish in the race is where you draft. Huh, bitches? You, you didn't even pick your own child. That's good because she's not that fast. Dynasty, Debbie, Redraft, DFS, and Betty. Gridiron Fantasy Show has got you covered. Featuring my guys, Paul Edgington and... Derek Cook. Take it away, boys. Welcome in to this week's episode of the Gridiron Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Paul Edgington. Joined by my co-host, Derek Cook. Derek, how are you doing this evening? I was doing all right until about 11.30 today, Friday. Um, went out to lunch and a dumbass pulled out in front of me on a car accident. So a little bit in a fucked up headspace, kind of pissed off and probably totaled my vehicle. But other than that, pretty productive week. How are you feeling? Um, glad the weekend is here once again. Had a pretty productive week work-wise, but... That's over with, thankfully. Left that at the door at 4.30. Absolutely. But at least he walked away from the car accident pretty, pretty much unscathed. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm I'm okay. I'm sore. Don't get me wrong. And uh, when I wake up tomorrow, I know I'm going to be really sore. But, you know, I'm not injured. I'm just sore. So, no complaints. You know, you're, you're one of the few smart people in the world. You're a fully insured driver. So there you go, it'll all get taken care of in due time. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really trying to go down a rabbit hole, but in my opinion, if your car's on the road, it should be fully insured. I don't, that liability bullshit's it's worthless. If you're, if you're paying it for insurance, you might as well just get it all. But just my, just my two cents. Yeah, well, glad you're okay and you walked away from that just fine. Can't say the same for the good old Nissan, but yeah, had a good run with it. Yeah, R.I.P. Eight years, baby. I'm sure that's a lot longer than most people have their cars nowadays. Yeah, I mean, I'm almost 30 without ever having an accident, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too upset. So, but we'll, we'll move on from all the real life nonsense and get our minds off it and dive into some good old Debbie football here. Talk about the fun shit. Well, absolutely. We'll go ahead and uh, kick it off with some practice notes and stuff that I've gathered throughout the week. Um, We'll start off, this is mostly Big Ten stuff, but we'll start off in Wisconsin. C.J. Williams looked very impressive. He looks to be possibly the best wide receiver on the team in camp so far, or spring ball. Uh, He started out with the second team, taking reps with them, and then he actually took over for the returning wide receiver one with the first team throughout the practice day. So coaches are obviously loving him, and he's moving his way up already. Some pretty great news for what a, a top-five recruit in his class at the position. So mm-hmm. um, we've been saying it for a while now. This Wisconsin offense is going to look a lot different. So, Yeah, finally seen some chatter that people were uh, taking notice that 
This isn't going to be the same old ground and pound, run the clock out, Wisconsin team we're all used to seeing. It's going to be vertical offense, high flying. Yeah, I think it's going to be more of a pro-style offense. The ground game's still going to be uh, a good piece, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was split pretty 50-50. Look at what Luke Fickle did at Cincinnati. You know, magnify that. Yeah, I mean, if you even just look at the transfer quarterbacks they brought in, Tanner Mordecai from SMU, a spread running gun offense, Nick Evers, a highly recruited quarterback that was at Oklahoma. So, also a spread offense. So you kind of see where they're heading with this at the QB position at the very least. And they bring it in, like we said, C.J. Williams was the top five receiver in his recruiting class, was at SC. You don't bring in guys of that mold to – and Give guys, it to Braylon Allen. Right. Guys, guys of that mold with those traits to run a guy 600 times a year. Exactly. So it'll be fun. We've talked about the Big Ten a good bit. Naturally, we're Big Ten guys. but Yeah, Big Ten country, baby. It's nice seeing us get some more lively offenses in the conference. Yeah, I mean, we've talked with you know Wisconsin, and then we've also mentioned Penn State. And then I know you and I are both uh, – Really looking forward to USC and UCLA joining the conference in 2024. So, you know, just it's hard to stay out of Big Ten football as a whole. We're coming for the SEC. I I honestly believe so. So we'll see who we can snag from the ACC next. But we'll move on to good old Buckeye Nation. Uh, Ryan Day said he wants to name a starting quarterback by the end of spring. And he's waiting and wanting one of these guys to separate from one another. And right now they're pretty much neck and neck, which kind of disappointing here. I know it's still very, very early on, but I kind of expect a little bit more out of Kyle McCord and breaking away from Devin Brown so far. And that's kind of what I would have anticipated also. But, you know, it's, uh, like you said, early on, hard to say. I'm sure over the coming weeks, I don't know if he'll come out and immediately say it, but it should be apparent. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure McCord's going to win. It's I, I just would, taking a little bit longer than I, I assume most would have expected. Right. I, I also agree. I think this is Kyle McCord's job. Um, Devin Brown's a was a two-sport athlete, extremely athletic. Also, I think has extreme potential, but I think either quarterback is going to be set up for success, especially with the weapons they have. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. I just I want the hype to start to build for the 24 class again, adding another quarterback such as McCord. I was listening to the um, 4D Chess Dynasty podcast under the destination Debbie Umbrella that dropped earlier today. It was good old ETM, our guy Adam, and Matt Bruning from Campus to Canton talked a little bit about this, that Matt Bruning is a big Ohio State guy. He thinks McCord is a better passer than you know, guys like Fields, and he did name Dwayne Haskins. And look what Haskins did in just one year in that type of offense. He sees Kyle McCord doing similar things and being a first-round pick in our rookie drafts next year by doing something like that. Right, which um, we obviously not in this show, but on our Dynasty show we did a, a mock draft, and Kyle McCord was taken fairly early. In my, I took him for that reason. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. 24 class, the quarterbacks, is make it even deeper. Um, I'm also a huge fan of Kyle McCord myself, which is why I think he's going to win the job, but um, he's got his work cut out for him. Absolutely. And 
If you're not tapped in with Destination Devi, Campus the King, you need to tap into all the content they're providing. Two of, the, two of the best in the fantasy space doing it right now, especially when it comes to college prospects overall. If you want to get a leg up in your, your dynasty leagues, other than listening to us, you need to tap into those two resources immediately. Yeah, for Devi, it's my go-to. But then Carnell Tate, freshman receiver, looks to be the best receiver so far. But takes out the grain of salt. No, like Buka, Julian Fleming, Brandon Ennis is not enrolled yet. So, but still impressive for freshmen to step in. Um, I know they've been moving Marvin Harrison around. He's been working in the slot a lot, trying to give him something else to work on, it seems, and round out his game a little bit more. I think that's a, a good choice to be well-rounded. That way you can be on any any position on the field when he goes to the next level. Mm-hmm. We already, I feel like we already know what Marvin Harrison Jr. is and possibly could be. So, um, But seeing, like you said, uh, Tate being the most impressive wide receiver thus far um, it should mean something. Mm-hmm. It should. And I've... I think it will when it comes down to it. I'm still a big Brandon Ennis fan myself, but Ohio State's been recruiting wide receivers like crazy, so yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you could necessarily go wrong with with any of them. Not at this point, no, especially mm. with no Ennis on campus just yet. So we'll see how they battle it out in fall ball right. and see how Ennis looks. But we'll go ahead and save the best for the last. Over to the victors. The back-to-back Big Ten champions, the Michigan Wolverines, had a spring game this past weekend. Uh, not too impressive, but it's a spring game. We're missing a shitload of people. Uh, McCarthy was up and down for the most part. He had an early interception, but seemed to level the ship. He finished off pretty impressively, so he did look good. And then freshman Benjamin Hall, a little bit unknown to the Debbie community, one of the lower-rated recruits. He looked like a stud, but he was one of two running backs playing. So he got most damn near all the work. Blake Quorum didn't play. No Donovan Edwards. No four-star recruit, Cole Cabana. So take that for what you will. Right. But he did look good. So maybe Mm -hmm. there's something else brewing there. Absolutely. Um, Did they let J.J. rip it? A few times. A few times. So it's still work in progress, of course, but got some weapons around him, and, you know, it's going to be Michigan ball. We're late on the run game, but Colston Loveland, one of my rising tight ends, I've also heard from Campus to Ken on their Debbie Debate podcast. A few of those guys are pretty high on, high on him as well. So we'll see what him and JJ can build. Are They're just now getting kind of high on Colston Loveland. I think a lot of people are. You and I have been on him for about a year and a half now, two years. He's that more prototypical nowadays tight end. You 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 put a linebacker or safety on him, it's going to be a mismatch. You put a cornerback on him, it's still going to be a mismatch. Right. So no matter which way you go against this kid, it's going to be a nightmare for the Big Ten. And with Jim Harbaugh, he does love his tight ends. Right. So absolutely, we found the next. The fantasy football possibly relevant tight end in Michigan. Big thing playing for Harbaugh is a tight end you got to be able to block too. So, yeah, you yeah. Know. so far he can. Right. But we have you know fifty other tight ends on the roster that can help out with that if need be. Also tackles. 
Absolutely. Never have too many of the big uglies. Right. But all in all, it was a pretty good spring game from a fan standpoint. It was nice to see uh, Devin Gardner and Jake Butt were the uh, commentators for the game, so that was pretty cool to see. Jake Butt, that's a name I haven't heard in a while, man. Yeah, talk that's a, about that's a shame, man. Fancy relevant tight ends. He could have been one, except for the damn ACL and knee issues. Mm. But hey, that's why the Stars set out the bowl games nowadays. Yeah. Although he's been on record many times saying he wouldn't change a thing about it. He'd still play in the game again, knowing the outcome. But it's a shame. Yeah, I thought we'd be hearing his name still. You know, it, it sucks. I, I I know he wore maize and blue, but I really like Jake Butt. Well, he's a Columbus, Ohio kid from Pickerington. Pickerington so. yeah. Did he pick Central? Pick North. S- Central, I believe. That's what I thought. Purple. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So pick pick north is orange, I think. Orange and white. One of them is. I think pick central's purple and pick black. pick central's purple. Yeah, that's for sure. The more relevant one, especially when yes. it comes when to it comes to football. football. Yeah. yeah. But we'll go ahead and move on to probably the second most exciting report. Well, sort of, not really. Yeah, get your uh, get your panties in a wedge here, uh, you Arch Manning fans. Yeah, absolutely. It's in all caps, I hear, that he is extremely raw compared to Quinn, Ewers, and Malik Murphy so far, which... Just be expected. I disagree. It's kind of disappointing to hear he's the great Arch Manning, and Malik Murphy was a measly four-star recruit, even though he beat beat out Quinn Ewers on multiple different occasions throughout their high school career. In the playoffs and stuff. In the playoffs, uh, Elite 11, I believe he beat him out there as well. Yeah. So, to me, in my opinion, with how Arch Manning is viewed and touted, you wouldn't think he'd be extremely raw coming in. Or at least at this point coming in. He'd look a little bit better than those kind of words being thrown around about him. Um, To me, I think it is to be expected. And I say that personally because I think last week I really... You can say I dogged him. I still really like Arch Manning, even with this coming out. I still do, but his passing game—it's it's not there yet. You can kind of see that, and if you watch some of his tape, that he—I uh, mean, in a good way, he always keeps his eyes down the field, blah blah blah. But he doesn't pro- process stuff very quickly yet. Again, played again—you know—he's in Division Three. He's not playing the greatest of competition, and. um I think most, like, I said it again last week, or I said it last week, I feel like his greatest asset is his athletic ability, which is crazy considering he's a Manning. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm still high on him, and let's not forget um, how good Quinn Ewers is. I think this should be a testament to how, how good Quinn is. Yeah, and Quinn continues to make strides and continues to look good as practice goes on, so he's doing what, you what we expected him to do to go out there and improve and get even better and I mean, look I mean, like what we thought he was. I mean, this is what, college season three for Quinn, so... And he missed freshman year. He missed his senior year of high school. Right. So until last year, you know, he didn't play since his junior year. So, hypothetically, he's, what, 20? I believe so, yeah. So, I mean, he's he's young. Mm-hmm. You know, he, you know. Quinn's still a beast, man. I, I thought it was funny that a lot of people were... Um, anticipating an Arch Manning versus Quinn Ewers, uh, you know, QB, uh, uh, lost for the word, but QB battle. 
and they completely overlooked Malik Murphy, and I just, I, I thought that was hilarious. Not a lot of people are on Malik Murphy, and it's also because he, you know, same recruiting class as Quinn, but Malik went to Texas. We knew he wouldn't start his freshman year, but then Quinn came in, and people pretty much wrote off Malik Murphy at that point that he was done for. Right. But, but I'm know. not going to write off Malik Murphy. I mean, I love the kid also. I, I kind of wish he would transfer, to be honest. The transfer portal opens back up, and I believe May, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Once all the spring practice is over with, it opens back up for a little bit. So I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe he's looking good, getting the good word from Texas coaches. Maybe he'll ship out after that and go compete somewhere for a starting gig this year. Right. If I was but, a betting man, I'd say that's what's going to happen. Oh, that you are, my friend. Love, love my bets. Circling back to Arch Manning a little bit, it's just crazy that, again, he's looking this not good. Compared to other reports of, say, I don't know, Dante Moore out in UCLA. He's battling for a starting job right now and looking very good. Um, Aiden Childs at Oregon State, although running with their team, he's looked very good for a true freshman. I'm trying to think of any more off the top of my head, but I cannot. But there's other true freshmen out there in spring ball that are getting good reports. Have you heard anything about Jack- Jackson Arnold? I'm not sure if he's in. He, yes, he is enrolled. But I think he's with the third teams, okay. second team at times. Not glowing reports, but not, not shitty or amazing reports. Right. Well, uh, personally, what separates Arch to Dante Moore, in my opinion, is Dante Moore's arm is elite. Arch Manning's is not. You can look a lot more polished if you have the arm talent. Oh, well, even uh, Nico. Nico Lamaliva. Well, yeah, he's even got good reports coming out, being behind Joe Milton. Malachi Nelson, not... I mean, being compared to Randall Cunningham already by USC guys, that's a good thing. Right. So it just seems like Arch is the, what do we call it, the, he's the butt of the recruiting class so far, and he's supposed to be the cream of the crop and the top man. Are you ready to call him a bust yet? Not yet. Can't do that though. he's done. No, I, I, I still like Arch Manning. I mean, this this is a little bit of a surprise, but I'm, I'm not going to hold it against him. Quinn Ewers, to me, was the bona fide starter this year, no questions asked. Quinn would have had to gotten hurt or completely underplayed, gotten gotten trashed, something for Archman to even possibly sniff the field. So, I'm, I do. I wish he looked better for sure, but I'm not. I'm not holding too much weight to it yet. Not. I think he'll end up transferring. You think he transfers in March? Yes. Arch. And, yes, and you think Murphy stays? In the long run, I think so. Gotcha. It's it's possible. It's entirely possible. I mean, especially if Malik Murphy is really looking that much better than him and that Arch Manning is behind the learning curve that much. Well, yeah, cause you, is a year's time really going to make up for all that? With right. Malik Murphy coming into theoretically year three in the system and looking and improving that much compared to Arch Manning? Well, yeah, because you figure after this year, Quinn leaves. Say, say they all stay. Quinn leaves. If Malik is that far ahead of Arch Manning, so it'll be year three before Arch even gets the chance at Texas. Mm-hmm. You're not the number one QB, oh, number one overall recruit, number one QB recruit, and wait for your third year to finally get the chance. That's that's unheard of. Doesn't happen. I'd say he's been comparisons to Joe Burrow. You never know. Maybe he waits a few years and transfer out and just lights the world on fire. I mean, he, he could, Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow wasn't that highly recruited like that. 
He, he mm-hmm. wasn't the number one overall QB recruit, number one overall recruit, period. I think Joe Burrow was still like a cusp five-star, four-star guy. He might even been a three-star. I can't now, I mean, the door shut on, I believe, his second option was Tennessee. Right. With Nico there, the door shut on that one. Tennessee had another four-star commit for the next recruiting cycle as well. Right. So the door shut there. Ole Miss... Jackson Dart could or could not leave after this year. Walker Howard's a sophomore. He'll be there for at least another year. Door seems pretty much shut on that one. Where the hell else could he possibly go? Off I mean, obviously without, you know... Having a competition. Right. Yeah, he's, he's not, I don't think he could walk anywhere that's a, a big Power 5 school that's on, you know, there to contend. You can I can't be. think of any. Pack his bags and go out to Lincoln, Nebraska. Dylan Rayola doesn't commit there. He could. I've from that rule. He could. I think Rayola's got to commit to Nebraska, though, doesn't he? I don't. I I believe it's down in Nebraska, SC, Georgia. I, I watched. I would a, be surprised if SC got another one. Well, I watched a little blurb from On Three. They did like a little one-two-minute video about breaking down his his options. You know, Georgia. He's got the pedigree, get a bunch of draft picks around you and play with a bunch of NFL guys. Uh, Nebraska is the family ties. Dad went there, his uncle's a coach. If you want to go there and continue family tradition. And then there's SC, Lincoln Riley, three Heisman Trophy winners, numerous starting quarterbacks in the NFL. You're going to put up ungodly numbers, most likely be a Heisman candidate and go to the NFL. So it's like, if you go to SC, nothing's a guaranteed thing, but that's more of a surefire option to get to the NFL. It depends how patient you are. I mean, Malachi Nelson can quickly transfer out if he commits. He could, but you're talking about a freshman coming in next year, right? Mm, next year. And then... So Caleb's gone. Malachi Nelson's already got a year under his belt. I mean, I feel like we're talking about Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning all over again. Very well could be. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I would think that if he went that, that would make the most sense. And it would probably be probably be the best NIL deal, too. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, I don't know. Georgia might be up there. Uh, Nebraska, you know how crazy are they about how crazy they are about their football? Yeah, they are. but Especially I, I, with... I feel like Dad, if he was going to if he was going to commit to Nebraska, I feel like it already happened by now. Georgia, yeah. the bad the bad thing about Georgia is you're not going to be a focal point of no. that scheme. I feel like Georgia, if if I'm in his shoes, Georgia's not a serious. If he goes to Georgia, it's to win a national championship. That's we, that's I mean, the we only saw with Fields. Fields transferred out. I mean, look at Kirby Smart's track record of quarterbacks. It's, it's not, very not good. it is not good. He's had he other picks four. a guy and runs with him, and that's it. Well, he's had multiple four- and five-star recruits, but yet he's fucking rolling with 27-year-old Stetson, Stetson Bennett. Bennett. Right. This isn't the first time he's done it. No, he's it's done not. it before. Yeah. So that's why Fields transferred out, because Kirby had his guy, and it wasn't Fields. What, who was it that? Was it a... Uh, I'm trying to remember what that kid's name was. Oh, that he had a head of Fields. Much. Who was it that was a head of Fields? I can't remember. At the moment, he had another highly recruited uh, mm-hmm. Mathi- Math- Mathis. The one, the one Mathis. Yeah, he played a little bit. Then he went to Temple. He got hurt though. I think mm-hmm. he was supposed um, to be another. Bi- he was a big time recruit. Right. Didn't work out again. Um, 
I can't remember, but regardless, Kirby Smart, like you said, track record with QBs and development and picking the right guy is it's no boy not enough. not good. Yeah, I, for sure, it's between Nebraska and SC, and I hate to say it, but it probably is SC. If he went to Nebraska, I think it would have happened by now, unless there's nil stuff. But I'm sure that's probably what it's coming down to is the who's going to pay him the most. Yeah, it, you will, and then you know that if he goes to Nebraska, like there's no way he doesn't start day one. Yeah, maybe, probably, because they have... I know they have Jeff Sims, transfer from Georgia Tech. I think they have Hudson Card, unless he went to another Midwestern school and it slipped in my mind. But I thought Hudson Card transferred to Nebraska as well. You might be right about Hudson Card. I forgot about Hudson Card. They'll both be seniors this year, so you know next year there'll be a big gaping hole there. Right. Um, I personally would like to see him go to Nebraska. That didn't do what I wanted to do. I, I I think Nebraska makes the most sense, but if you're talking money and actually being like the guy, a big man on campus, SC makes sense. But you go there, you're for sure going to have a QB battle between him and Malachi Nelson. Yeah, pretty much loser leaves town. And do you really want to go there, get beat out by... And then and then leave? Yeah. I, selfishly, I want to see him in Nebraska in the Big Ten. That's in cards at Purdue. That's that's right. Another Midwestern school. Yeah. But either way, they have Jeff Sims for this year. He'll be gone next year. Right. It makes sense. You know, Matt Rule wants him. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So hopefully that works. He's the kid that committed Ohio State and decommitted, right? Yep. He yeah. said, fuck the Buckeyes. Yeah. He's my man. <laughs> my man. Fuck you. <laughs> no, he's he's a baller, man. I, I was excited when he committed, and then when he decommitted, I was, yeah, it, it sucks. Because that's what uh, opened up the... Leaking tide holds. Yes, yes. Yeah, because we weren't... I mean, I think that we had scouted him, but we didn't offer him. And then as soon as... Because he was going to Oregon, I think. Yeah. And then he didn't once. We all decommitted. I think we offered him immediately, and then he came. He's like, oh yeah, fuck the Ducks. Fuck the Ducks, I'm going to the Bucks. There you go. Oops. Got high hopes for good old leaking tide holds. I'm a big fan of his. I am too. Another one of them... Two sport guys that really athletic. I, I felt like he's like athletic profile is very similar to Devin Brown. Um, so, like looking forward, I think this is Kyle McCord year. I'm excited for next year to yeah. see Devin Brown and Lincoln Kinehole's battle. It if Devin Brown sticks around, that that's true. That's true. He might not. And Lincoln Kinehole's could be on the C.J. Stroud fast track. Devin Brown transfers out. That's true because Devin Brown will be a sophomore this year. So by the time yeah, if McCord wins it, I'm putting a lot of emphasis on if McCord wins it. But if he wins it, you know Devin Brown would be. He'd probably transfer. Yeah. I don't see him sitting two years before he even gets a chance to play, and then have to battle again. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. So we'll see what happens with all that. It's still extremely early in the process, but. Spring practice is a lot of fun. No, it is. And then you can play a lot of these what-if scenarios and just, you know, bounce back and forth and say what you think is going to happen. I mean, yeah, I feel like it's... With the way NIL and transfer portal is set up now, I mean, kids don't have to be loyal to anything. They can... Which is great. I, I like that. It's good. They can go anywhere. They should be able to. You know. So yeah, it's about time the system works out for the kid. It's about damn time. It's about damn time they got paid, too. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll move on. We'll move on to the 
meat and potatoes of the episode this week. A little bit of Debbie startup draft strategies that Derek and myself like to employ in our own drafts. Uh, I guess I'll kick it off. I know there's a lot of other analysts and content creators in the Debbie community. They don't like going after quarterbacks. I knew you were going there. I was going to, yeah. Well, it's the low hanging fruit, and I think it's the hot topic. It's why not? I think you and I sit on the exact same base when it comes to this, or basis when it comes to this. Who scores the most points in fantasy? Quarterbacks. So why wouldn't you take shots on quarterbacks? Oh, yeah, another one. Who's the most valuable asset in a Superflex league? Quarterbacks. Ding, ding. Maybe a tight end if it's tight end premium. But Maybe. Who, who, out of any player in the NFL right now, if you play Superflex tight end premium, who is fetching you the most draft capital in return? Quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, right. Yeah, Mahomes, Allen. Josh Allen. Hurts. Burrow. Guys like that, right. All quarterbacks. You're going to say four or five quarterbacks before you get to any other skill position player. And even then, you're talking wide receivers. Which right. Justin Jefferson came out of sort of came out of nowhere when we're talking from a a Debbie aspect. No, he did 100 percent, absolutely. Uh, who else? Olave. Yeah. Waddle. Devontae Smith. I mean, strictly from a Debbie aspect, the, most of these guys were not owned in like your three round Debbie drafts. Right. Right. Uh, Jamar Chase, of course, he was owned from day one as a freshman, most likely. Right. Well, he At was, least a sophomore. He was highly recruited and had crazy numbers freshman year. So so why, just looking back in recent years, I mean, Traylon Burks, Drake London, uh, those guys, they were not early on Debbie Darlings, more so. They developed in college. Draft eligible year, breaking right. out. Sophomore year, breaking out. He was one of those guys that fell through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Which that happens every year. It does. Well, that's the thing. It's We rattled off a few names that were top 10, top 15 NFL picks, but they were probably in your rookie drafts that year or owned just the year before. Right. So what makes other positions more insulated, value insulated, or hit rate higher than a quarterback when it comes to Debbie when we've seen running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, uh, fucking dart throw no matter what. So we won't even mention tight end. Right. But comparing to wide receivers and running backs, we've seen in recent years guys come out of nowhere, their draft el- eligible year or late the year prior. Or even whole draft classes at a skill position that aren't really worth the fuck outside of one or two guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, it's dynasty football. It's, it's all risk. I... I don't know. I was going to say, like, I prefer the hit rate on, like, where they're drafted at compared to the position hit rate. Yeah. So, you know, say your first round hit rate is, like, 30%. Just throwing numbers out there. I don't know if that's true or not. You know. It's in the ballpark. But your hit rate on a Devi guy say quarterback it's probably even lower so I, I just I, I feel like the, the fading of quarterbacks is stupid because like you said their their values are insulated once they are known come on, and then their values can only go up if they do hit 
for instance, we've talked about it a couple of times, a guy like Caleb Williams, the his freshman year, before the freshman season, I we, we did a C2C. It's a little different than Devi, but it's roundabout similar. If it was a Devi, I'd have drafted that him exactly the same. That pick was a Devi pick, yeah. It wasn't a C2C pick. Right. So it was, it took him at like 109. 109? Back into the first round. If, if, I, if we were still in that league, I took a 109 Devi pick. And, I mean, what's he worth now? And all those mon- the monster numbers he put up what's, in college. What's he, what's he worth now? If you hit on a guy, his value can only go up. I know you could probably you could say that about about any position. Yeah, I mean, uh, good old Scott Connor, he put up a poll earlier on Twitter, and we were in the Heisman chat uh, talking about it a little bit. Let me pull it up to see what it's at right now. But it was involving Caleb Williams and this type of discussion. Let's see. Uh, who right now? Who would you prefer? Twelve team Superflex, Caleb Williams or Sean Watson? Caleb Williams. I think it's a no-brainer, Caleb Williams, in my opinion. But I, I want nothing to do with Deshaun anyways. But I think once Caleb Williams comes in next year, he's a top-eight quarterback, top-seven, top-six quarterback asset in my mind. I have no reason to disagree with you. I mean, currently I have Deshaun Watson, I believe, is like my QB somewhere between 10 and 12. I'm not looking at my sheet. But I know he's right there, bottom-tier QB1. No doubt in my mind, Caleb Williams comes in. Assuming it's a a halfway decent situation, I say that as in like he's got a decent O line to keep him upright. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a top eight dynasty quarterback. Yeah, just because of his abilities to fucking run the ball and his, I mean, his arm talents as good as anybody. Oh yeah, I mean, basically the what was going on in our Heisman chat was. But that was a, that was a poll, you say. Yeah, Scott put that up on Twitter just to see what was going on, and that still got 19 hours left, but so far there's been 1,300 votes, 65% for Caleb Williams. I should tell you. So a lot of people were, you know, sell sell the Caleb Williams Debbie shares while you can. Do it, while, do it now when you get some proven NFL guys. I'm kind of on the other side of the fence, but I also love my young guys at the same time. But this particular situation, I'm not selling Caleb Williams for Deshaun Watson. Caleb Williams is the Kyle Pitts of quarterbacks. He is a unicorn. He's a he has a potential to be a once in a, once in a generational type of he is a once in a generational type of talent if he can execute. But he put in a decent situation, the team builds with him. Well, we look at the quarterback landscape one in the NFL and two in the 23, 24. In 25 draft classes, Caleb Williams is QB1 out of all of them, in my opinion. I'm taking him 101 this year, even over Bijan. Mm-hmm. I mean, when a guy looks this damn good, why why wouldn't you want to take him? Again, considering the landscape, you got a young guy that's looks more guaranteed than the other ones coming up, coming down the pipeline the next year. I mean, to me, he's more of a surefire thing than what Trevor Lawrence was. Yeah. I mean, and to me, in recent memory, and that's I, about the only guy that I feel like can compare to Caleb Williams. Yeah, because even Joe Burrow's year was Burrow versus Tua. Burrow wasn't the surefire 101. No. He wasn't even the 101. It was fucking Clyde. 
Right. But even then, you know, I'm a, I don't foresee Caleb Williams having the rookie year struggles that T Law went through. Or no. looking well, I think T Law T Law was handicapped because of his coach. That that he was. I, I give him that. But I'm not regardless saying, of that, I, I don't see Caleb Williams going through a situation like that year one and his value being bumped down like T Law's was. No, no. Yeah, you're not gonna see a I mean, you'll see a, a sophomore breakout season from Caleb Williams because normally a rookie there is, but it's not going to be as dramatic as T-Law. So. He's very well insulated in my mind, especially with what he can give you on the ground. What we've seen from him so far, I I mean, he'd have to be a... I mean, if he's a fucking bust, he... Good Lord, what, it, what in the fuck happened? It is, right. Right. I just thought that was interesting, kind of pertains to our strategy here that, you know, like me, I traded away, what... Jamar for Caleb Williams and B. John Robinson, one of our Debbie Leagues. Right. And I was more than happy to do that. Didn't he send that to you? He did. Yeah. I mean, I, breaking it down value-wise, I mean, what do you think Jamar's worth? Two first plus? Yeah, two first and the halfway decent player you can plug in. Right. But in my opinion, when Caleb Williams comes in, he's worth that by himself. Mm-hmm. Plus some. So... I think it was a smash except we've we went over that before. But um backpack backtracking a little bit, I totally agree with you on Deshaun Watson. I want no piece of Deshaun Watson. I honestly don't really want anybody on the Browns, but Deshaun Watson, I'm that ship has sailed. For me. For you it has. Okay, so let me pull my rankings here. For quarterbacks. Dynasty. Now remember, this is a Debbie show, not a Dynasty show. This is, but this is a Debbie to Dynasty football right now. Okay. Justin Fields or Caleb Williams? Uh, Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, T-Law or Caleb Williams? Caleb Williams. Okay, now we're going to turn up the heat a little bit. Lamar Jackson or Caleb Williams? Because of the, the contract situation, I would say Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. If he was locked down somewhere, I might go Lamar. Justin Herbert. That's probably where I draw the line. Okay, so right now, you'd have him about QB8, QB7 or 8. Yeah. Yeah, then of course, then we're getting Joe Burrow in the top three. Right. I'm assuming you'd rather have Burrow. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd rather have, I mean, obviously the top three. Then Burrow and Herbert. Burrow and Herbert, yeah. Okay, so QB6, yeah. theoretically, is where you would have him right now. Yeah. I'd probably rather have him over Herbert. Burrow's pushing it. I think QB fives. But we're in the, we're in the same ballpark. We're we're right there. You're you're thinking QB five. I'm thinking QB six. Because when I saw the poll, was, it was the shot. I was like, oh yeah, fucking Caleb Williams all day. And then I did this exercise in my head earlier. Looked up the rankings. I was like, well, how far would I really go? And when I came to Herbert and Lamar, that's when it got tough. But I was like, yeah. Like you said, Lamar's situation, Eileen Caleb, Herbert, his what could be situation without Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams is aging. Give me, give me Caleb. And that that's a very fair assessment. And I, I personally still believe in Justin Herbert, not as much as I did about two years ago when he was, you know, everybody's QB three and just throwing the ball all over the damn place. Right, but. Yeah, that that's that's about where I would put him, man. 
Yeah. Let's see, why not take a swing on a freshman Caleb Williams in your mid to late Debbie drafts and look what you could have came into. I, is really granted, more. Caleb Williams again re-emphasizing what I said earlier. He is he's a unicorn. These don't come along very often. Well, even Tevall, he held his value throughout his college career. He did, as did Justin Fields. I don't think he was anywhere near value valuable as Caleb Williams. Yeah, Caleb Williams uh, again is a unicorn. T. Law, yes, I, I I agree with you, but T. Law coming in as a rookie. He was probably a top twelve quarterback, top fourteen quarterback as a oh, yeah. as a rookie. I drafted him at one oh nine in the startup his rookie year. Right, right. Let's see why not. There's a lot of the... people that took him in the, that early in the first round his rookie year. I mean, it, it, it's not a bad make. You know, he could. So, why, could... so why not take the swing on these early, highly touted recruits in your mid to late Debbie drafts and see if you can fucking hit a home run and get the Willy Wonka <laughs> Golden Lottery ticket, as opposed to taking the "Quote unquote," proceed safer, more insulated player in a running back, like uh, Travion Henderson or a wide receiver, you know, Ibuka, uh, someone me, like that. To me, pers- when it, to me personally, when it comes down to quarterback versus running back, it's all got to do with shelf life. Yeah, I'm going to take that risk on a quarterback because if he does hit, I can have him for ten years. Whereas a running back, if he hits, I mean. It, Three to five. Yeah. I mean, realistically, the championship window with, with a guy like Bijan Robinson is probably three years. You know? I, will, I will say to that strategy of fading quarterbacks and going more towards receivers or running backs, running backs seem to be more easily identifiable earlier on in their career. Less volatile. Exactly. Like Nick yes. Singleton, we know he's going to be a stud. Travion will probably be a stud. Rocket Sanders will probably be a stud. Although Rocket Sanders came on a sophomore breakout right. before an autumn his freshman year. But Braylon Allen broke out his freshman year. Will Shipley. Mm-hmm. So it's, I will, to that tune, yes, running backs are the more e- safe and easy choice and easy to identify right. as opposed to a quarterback you haven't seen play at the college level. But by the time you see him play, it's too damn late to get him because... Somebody else threw their balls around in the ring and drafted them. And that's exactly what I was about to say. If you're doing a, you know, a Devi draft of rookie or freshman coming in, you haven't seen them play yet, so you're basing your opinion strictly on high school tape. Mm-hmm. They haven't broken out in college yet, and if they're that highly recruited, they're going to be gone. So you know, guys like Singleton, like Travion Henderson. I don't think Braylon Allen. But no, Braylon Allen. Braylon Allen was a linebacker. Right, Braylon Allen uh, switched positions, um, but those two big ones, the, they were taken. You know, so um, I'm gonna go somewhere with that, but I can't remember now. Yeah, well, I'll take. Oh no, no, no! I remember now. So obviously, it all depends on everybody else's strategy. If your strategy mm-hmm. is to capitalize on value, go running back route. I, I get it. I respect that it's there's more than one way to skin a cat is what I like to say. You know, you can chop it up however you want. Me personally, when I when I draft these players, I'm not just looking on capitalizing on value and you know, oh I got him now, I'm gonna trade him away. If I can use him, I'm gonna fucking use him. So to me a quarter I'm gonna build my team around my quarterbacks, you know, get a cornerstone quarterback or two, and then filling in positions later. I say that because um 
again, running back shelf lives are so short. I feel like if you're not in a, a win now window, mm-hmm. there's no point in having a top tier running back. Absolutely. Again, going like back to what Scott Connor tweeted a couple months ago now, he said like 80% of the teams with the one-on-one taking Bajon Robinson can't they're, use yeah, him. They're not ready. They're not ready for him. Right. So that's where I'm at with it. Now wide receivers, that's a different story because their shelf life is comparable to, but decently comparable to a quarterback. But let's, um, back to the running back, you were saying more capitalizing on value. I I fall for that. Like Nick Singleton, watching versus Ohio week one last year, he remember fucking popped to the outside and had like a 75-yard touchdown. I was like, motherfucker. Right. I already knew I knew about him, of course. I thought he would be good, but I saw that. I was like, all right, I'm sold. Went to our Debbie League that we started up last year. He was fucking drafted. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Penn he was State drafted fan. to a Penn State fan and a big Nick Singleton fan. I've been trying ever since to get him. But like that, like I, I do see where the people use that strategy and how you spoke about that people will come knocking for the running backs, especially the young hot ones. I'm guilty of that. I was one of the dumbasses that fell for the Clyde Edwards player <laughs> trick. Right. Not falling for that again. A lot of us were. But still, I, I understand from that standpoint, but you and I have basically the same strategy. I'm not drafting for value, for trade. I'm, I look at it as a minor league baseball team. I'm trying to build a pipeline for the next three years to slide guys into my NFL roster to take place of the guys I have now. I'm not drafting for quote-unquote value to trade. I'm uh, drafting yeah. for my team to build a powerhouse minor league team. So I don't have to go out there and sacrifice other assets to build on my team. I spent measly draft picks that are more easily replaceable because they're Debbie depleted than going out there and spinning up for the studs and the other guys. To me, the way I play it. I agree with you completely. To me, I feel like in the, the community as a whole, I feel like forgets this. Why are we playing fantasy football? To win. What? To win, right? No, I thought it was the productive struggle and get all the hot new young guys, no? no? We're, we're, we're trying to win. I'm, I'm confused. I've been doing it all wrong. Well, that, ex- that explains a lot. But we're, we're here to win. You're not going to win if you're always you trading away. You play the win the game. Right. You're not going to win if you constantly trade away the hot new toy. No, and I understand capitalizing on value. I completely, 100% understand. Right. But at one point in time, you got to say, fuck the value. This guy's going to score me points for X amount of time, and he's going to increase my chances of winning as opposed to re-rolling it, hoping to get someone more sustainable. I agree with you again. I, I'm trying not to, but there there is a time, like you said, where you've got to no, I'm not trading him away because I have a legit contending team. For example, say Bijan was highly recruited. Well, I'll take it say, back. James Conner. Right. Back when Le'Veon Bell walked out and James Conner, sell James Conner, sell him for a first plus. You're talking about the year that Le'Veon sat out before it started. Yep, and James Conner came in and was like RB6 or 3, whichever one. Right. On the year, like sell him as fast as you can. Look at all these years later. He's still a very viable starting running back for your fantasy roster. He's top 10 running back, fantasy producing-wise, and has been year in and year out. Yeah, no, no, he's not a top 10 running back. But, he, yeah, numbers-wise, yeah. Like we, were, we were in one league with a buddy of ours, Andrew. Mm-hmm. He had James Conner. He 
went that route. He sold him to me for a first and a second. You, you think he regrets that? I'm sure no. he did. But I, I, I damn well know he did. He probably regrets a lot of the things he did. No disrespect, but he, he made some bad trades. But but like that, like selling all, yep, I can get a first next year and a little extra. I'm going to get off this running back that who knows how long he's going to start for. No, right, but I it, personally it, will keep him and ride him till the wheels fall off, and he's going to upgrade my team, increase my chances of winning at the end of the year or making the playoffs, giving me a chance to win. You got to look at both teams, though. Your team was contending, his team was not. There's no True. sense for him to carry a running back that arguably value could probably never go higher, that's going to produce good points, and he can't use him. You know, and that's kind of where I was getting at was with the Bijan Robinson thing. So you have this high value asset player. Is your team ready to use him or not? If you're ready to use him, that's when you say, "Fuck no, I'm going to keep this guy. I'm going to I'm going to go for it this year." But if you know you've got holes left and right, yeah, trade him away. Go okay. fill in those holes. This isn't my year, but a lot again the community. A lot of the community doesn't realize or know how, I know how, can't recognize that they're not ready. M- most guys in the community every year or every offseason, they're like, my team's good. I'm gonna, I'm legit contending this year. I'm ready to go. I'm pushing for it. And then they trade away. I mean, this isn't necessarily Debbie, but they trade away all their draft picks trying to load up for the year to make a push for it, and they fall short. I'll put that to the test for you. A little quiz right now. Blind resume. This team currently the highlights are Drake London, Traylon Burks, Pat Fryermuth, Bijan Robinson is on this team. Yes. As far as NFL wise, James Cook, Antonio Gibson, Rondell Moore. Those are the highlights of the NFL side. Okay. And then this team has Xavier Worthy, Quinn Ewers, Caleb Williams, and Marvin Harrison Jr. coming in next year. This along, is the same team? Same team, along with the 106 in the draft. That could be another 24 guy or a 23 guy that fell through the clack, fell through the cracks. What would you want to do with B. John in this case when there's some good Debbie prospects coming in? The QB1, the wide receiver one, pairing with last year's running back one. I'm what, assuming, what would you want to do with I'm assuming the 106 is his own pick. No? Nope. What did he finish? I... I I'm assuming his okay does not um, have the own pick anymore. Right. So I was going to say I'm assuming this team is not good. He's got good pieces, mm-hmm. and they're young. It's, it's only start ten, superflex of course. But give me the team one more time. This this, this is a little tough. So Bijan, right? Drake London, okay. Traylon, right? Rondell Moore. Okay. Pat F. Yep. James Cook. Okay. And Antonio Gibson. Right. And then Debbie, you said he has Quinn yours. Worthy. Worthy. Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison. I would probably rock with... I would probably rock with Bijan. I think Caleb Williams, like like you said, I think Caleb Williams comes in and... I mean, you just, we just kind of went through an exercise... I'm not going to say he's a top six quarterback, but I think the potential is there to be a top six quarterback. Quinn Ewers, 
I don't know. Yeah, well, who knows? I don't know. You could be Kirk Cousins. Right. And I'd be happy. And I'd be happy. <laughs> right. As a QB2, I'm not mad at that. But I think that if if I was this guy, I would keep Bijan Robinson for sure this year because you got or you got one stud quarterback coming in, possibly two. And then, you know, next year. And then you can also take your draft picks. Don't trade your draft picks. Keep your draft picks. That's this guy. Your team's not very good. Keep your fucking draft picks. You know, so this year, I would assume, again, he's probably got no good quarterback, so he'll probably get the one-on-one again. You get that guy that falls through the cracks. I don't know who it could be. Regardless, possibly a starting quarterback again coming in that fell through the well, cracks. Just to, as far as the 106, just to name a few names, um, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. I know what you're talking about. Richardson, Drew Richardson's gone at 102. Drew Aller, Rocket Sanders, Mecca Buka are the top five. Right. There's still plenty of other Debbie assets to be had at the 106. That doesn't include... Well, I'm, I'm talking about after this year, in the 24 Debbie draft. Well, I'm saying even... Oh, 106, 106 yeah, no, there's, so there's tons. A, a good pick to build right. on. But if you if you're, if you're he's bad again this year, which he should be... Well, no, full disclosure, this is my team. It's going to be dog shit because I have no quarterbacks. I don't right. Know. I, I get Colton Coy as my starting quarterback. Right. So you should hypothetically have the 101 again next year. Yeah. The 101 pick. And then you're also going to have Caleb Williams and Quinn Ewers coming in. I would keep Bijan. And then next year, see how, again, keep him. Cause, and then see how your quarterback situation pans out. Again, at 101, you might have a next year, I don't know, Anthony Richardson guy type guy come in. Cam Ward, whatever. Hard to say. Mm-hmm. You know, come in and. Then now you've made you might have three decent, well at least one stud in Caleb yeah. Williams, and then a, a pretty good punch in two and three with Quinn and whoever, whoever you know, and see how that pans out. If you're not a borderline playoff team, I'd trade him, or yeah, make some keep, or or make some moves to make your team better and keep him. I keep going back and forth on what I should do with him because I was give him <clears> his freebie in the Jamar Chase trade. It's a start one running back league, so he might be slightly devalued compared to other leagues. But then there's my RB for the next three to five years, with the, because tw- as of next year I could have top, top six producing running back, quarterback, and wide receiver between Caleb Bijan and Marvin Harrison. Right. I, it's I, like those three horses enough to get me into the playoffs to where it's worth holding on to a Bijan. Or with, you know, considering my role players, Drake London, Traylon Burks, James Cook, backfield. We're, we're both pretty high on those guys you just, not, uh, but Drake London, uh, Traylon, James Cook. We're, we're both pretty high on them. I, I anticipate them to all take a pretty decent s- step this year. Mm. Um, so my, my personal opinion, I, was ro- I would rock with Bijan at least two years. That way you have... At least one year with Caleb Williams and whoever else, and see at the end of that year, reevaluate your team. If you, or even maybe middle year, you or you know two weeks before trade trade deadline, you might be, you know, a playoff team, fringe playoff team. Might pick up some quarterbacks off waivers. Right, or you know, make a small trade or two and see if you can add something to it. I I would keep Bijan because I feel like you're on the cusp. Yeah, keep going back and forth on what because this it's um it's a record record determines the draft order the way I I prefer it so not having any quarterbacks 
I traded away Justin Fields, we talked about on the show before, in a deal for Marvin Harrison. He was my last quarterback. Right. So that was fine. What that was part of the strategy was to dump my quarterbacks, get younger, and try to round out the roster, knowing who's coming in for me. Right. And then, you know, with Will Le- the Will Levis hate, I could walk into a Will Levis at 106 in the draft this year. Right. I think this is one of the unique situations. Am I ready for Bijan? No. But does having him hurt me? Also no. Because without any quarterbacks or even out of Will Levis, I'm not, and that's exactly, not going anywhere. I, I think you're exactly in the right boat. You're, Bijan's not going to hurt you by having him. And within a year, you can use him. So I would I would keep him. Like you said, at 106, you might... Will Levis could easily be there, and let's face it, Will Levis could easily still be a top ten QB, a top ten pick in the real draft. Oh yeah. So if he's there, I'm, I'm smashing the button. I'm that's too much value. Absolutely. Especially in a Debbie draft. Right. And then, I'd I'd rock with him, man. I'd rock with Bijan, and at least give you the chance with Caleb Williams, because because oh. you would hate to trade Bijan away, and Caleb Williams comes in and he pulls and a just pulls looks, a, and yeah. Quinn Ewers looks good. You have a uh, Caleb Williams has a Justin Herbert rookie year, finishes QB five or six, and then yeah, Quinn Ewers plays above expectations and QB thirteen. And Marvin does what he thinks. Marvin comes do. in and he's a top ten wide receiver rookie year. Then God forbid Xavier Worthy does what I've talked him up to do the last year and a half. I'd be That's pretty mean, mad at myself. Right, and an extremely young team still. Yeah. So. And then I mean I'm not gonna say that like if all that happened you'd be really good regardless. Bijan, I don't know if it would hurt not having him, but you might not need him. But it would suck to need him, and you see him out there going out there and dropping twenty points a game, and you're like, man, if I had that extra twenty points a game compared to filling in with Antonio Gibson or James Cook, who hadn't pro- who hadn't progressed the way you hope because the Bills don't know how to use him, just like the Chiefs don't know how to use Ceh. You know, I'd keep him personally. That's where I've been leaning. He's been on the trade block for a month or so. I've gotten unless you can get a huge over, unless you can get a huge overpay. Got no nibbles, no DMs, no offers, no nothing. So right. the market in that league is pretty well dry for him right now. Right. But also, I just threw him on the trade block to see if I'd get an offer I couldn't resist. Right. Keep going back and forth. I'm moving him, not moving him. But with no offers, you know, I'm forced to keep him. Right, right. You said might not be a bad thing in the end. You can't really play a different hand if you're not offered anything. Um, What would you need? And being that it's Devi, what would you need for Bijan? I'd need some. I mean, because obviously NFL guys, right? I don't think I would move Bijan for like. I know one guy in our draft. He has like the one hundred one, one hundred three, like one hundred four, something ridiculous like that. If he came to me with like 101 or 103, he'd be gone. I mean, for me, that's Anthony Richardson, then maybe Drew Aller. Or was Jameer, what, is Jameer Gibbs on the team? He is. Okay. Yep. But most likely NFL guys, young NFL receivers. Kind of like Olave, Garrett Wilson, and something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Drake yeah, London, something else. Of course, picks can't hurt. Yeah. But they wouldn't be the vocal point of the deal of, oh, let me get two twenty four depleted first. Yeah. I already in, have the one oh one in a Devi league picks 
they're extremely devalued. So yeah, I'd, which hence why I don't have my one hundred and one. Right. Right. So, but enough of that. But back to the strategy. Even though that went along with it, it was a little bit of a rabbit hole. But situations like this, where you draft a running back that's insulated, I can't move him at this point. Right. I bet if I drafted C.J. Stroud, I could move him right now. I know yes. I actually tried to get C.J. Stroud in the Marvin Harrison deal. So I know there, he said there's other people I've been coming knocking for him as well. So it seems like there's a market for them, for him. Bryce Young was just traded a few weeks ago as well. I tapped in for Bryce Young. I was offered Bryce Young for something, for Justin Fields. I remember that. You said hell no. Yeah. And then luckily I got what I wanted. Right. But there's just, like that, they're supposed to be insulated, and he's supposed to be the end-all, be-all of running backs, and I can't move him. Even in a depleted league, I'm not getting offers of a first-round pick or multiple picks. You would think that if you put Bijan Robinson, if I put Debbie Caleb might Williams on the block right now, right, right, I guarantee I'm having multiple offers or multiple negotiations with people. I'd be surprised you didn't have an offer from over three quarters of the league. Yeah, I sure should know. I'd be knocking on, the, I'd be pounding the door down. You know, I mean, and, and it goes beyond to meet just Debbie Caleb Williams. I mean, it, another quarterback. You know, you put Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. On the block, you're going to get offers. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I think Bijan Robinson and I. Well, you might agree with me. I think you do. Maybe Bijan Robinson is my RB one. Yeah, he's Dynasty, my RB1. Dynasty RB one. My yeah. tier, my tier one has expanded, but he is my overall one. I have him, Brees, and a JT in my tier one. But overall, he is my RB one. If, I'm on the clock. I'm looking at all three of them. I'm taking, taking Robinson. I'm I'm right there in the same boat as you. Uh, what I was getting at was, he's your dynasty RB one. And I can't you, get you a can't single get an thing. Off, you cannot get an offer. I get it. It's a one running back league, but I think it's point two per carry. We got half a point for first down, so the scoring boosts them a little bit to where you know they do still matter, even though we only start one. But not even a nibble, nothing. You would think that somebody would at least throw shit up the shit up the wall and see if it stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm not maybe, maybe I'm not gonna throw I'm not gonna comes. throw you an offer. It, and that's that's possible too. You know, it might be a dead time and being Debbie, not a whole lot to look forward to. Maybe yeah, like you said, when the real draft occurs that weekend, maybe people will get on and see. Oh shit, Bijan's on the trade block. Who's who's on the trade block? What picks? Oh, Bijan. Oh, okay, okay. Right. Maybe you'll get something, but. Like, the, I, Nick, the Nick Singleton owner came to me and offered me, like, Nick Singleton and a first. With the way my team sits, that'd be pretty hard to turn down. I I, mean, I personally would take that 100%. I would take that 10 times out of 10. I love Bijan. Nick Singleton, to me, is not far behind him. No. Um, and it also helps you because now you're waiting a year. Hmm? You're not wasting a year of Bijan. I feel like Nick Singleton can come in and do 98% of what Bijan could do. He's, I'm excited about Nick Singleton. I wanted to throw that in a Twitter poll out there with my roster and see what, see what the masses think of that. So I'm kind of curious about that now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would take that 100%. That sounds appealing to me. You know, I have all my 424 guys presumably come in, and then they basically developmental year, quote-unquote, for my team, and then 
I get my hammer coming in the next year when hopefully they're making the sophomore year jump. Right. Well, then you're going to have, like you said, those four guys having a sophomore year jump and then hopefully a third year jump for your Drake Londons, mm-hmm. your James Cook, James Cook, James Connor, you know, those the other guys. Right. So hopefully, I mean, I'm going to explore that and see what else he has on the roster. The big thing was, does he have a first? Knowing this guy, no. Maybe not this year, but maybe next year. Yeah. Maybe I would accept next year because I'm just kicking the can down the road at this point because this year is zero for me anyways. Right. Are you one of those guys and not believing in giving good teams good assets? I ask myself, does this make my team better and is it the way I want to go? Right. If I check both those boxes, I don't care if I'm making the team better. It's a rhetorical question. Mm-hmm. I say that, be, I, I asked you because there's a lot of people, again, in the community that don't make trades with certain teams because they're afraid of making a team better. If I'm a good manager, I don't give a shit what I'm doing to your team. If the team, if the trade makes my team better, I'm going for it. Yeah, I'm betting against, I'm getting the better end of the deal for my team, and I'm going to be I'm better putting my money on for you. I'm putting my money on me. Right, I'm, I'm betting against what you're getting. Right. That's why I took it. You know, quote, unquote, I'm playing the leverage game, and hopefully I come out on top. So no, I, rhetorical question or not, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not either. But it's a good deal for my team. I worry about running my team. I don't worry about, what your oh, you're, you're the like. number two team, you're 10 and 1, and I'm giving you John Robinson. Well, I don't give a fuck because, you, you know, this year you, doesn't matter to me. Why you Next year still doesn't matter to me. Right. Year three for Bijan, he could be falling off a cliff or something when I'm ready to get ramped up, and you could be moving down the standings. Well, it reminds me of the good old when I traded you Mike Williams and everybody was bitching about me giving you the wide receiver one, quote-unquote, mm. that year for nothing, and then, man, you put him on trade block and crickets. Dude, I had to get, I forget what I gave. I had to get Mike Williams plus something else for fucking Rashad Bateman just to move Mike Williams. I know. And that was less than a month later. I know. He scored like eight points for me. In three weeks. But yet, I won that deal. Damn you for playing for the future and reloading assets. Terrible move by you. That's what I mean. We were also playing with guys that were playing Dynasty thinking it was redraft, but whatever. that That was my point, though, was... You know, you piss people off. They were mad because I traded it. You were a good team, and I wasn't as good, and I traded away a, a piece that was putting up points that you were hoping to help Well, how do push. some people think trade partners are made? We're, we're going opposite directions. We're doing two different things. That's why we can move the pieces we can. That, 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 that to me, and this is an, maybe another part of the whole Devi Dynasty strategy shit, if you're a contending team and you know that you're – a couple pieces away from being a favorite, you go look at some like the three or four bottom teams and see if they have a position group that is being wasted on said team. Mm-hmm. It's it's if you're a good dynasty owner and you can recognize that, or you're a good dynasty owner if you can recognize that and do that. We all like to think we're playing chess, but sometimes it's not a bad thing just to play some good old checkers. Right. Simple as that. Like you said, look at the bottom teams. See where they have a strong position group at and go pluck those away. Well, yeah, because quite frankly, they're wasting away on that team. Mm-hmm. If you can give them something else to play for in the future, why not? Exactly. But I think that about wraps up that little ordeal. I mean, just a little little recap, all in all. 
seems like most people fade quarterbacks and want to go. And I see that um, also in regards to tight ends, people don't really draft tight ends either when it comes to Debbie. I can, I'm not going to say get behind the whole tight end thing, but I can see why. I, I Ty, can see Tight why, ends, yeah. they're... They don't always... They well, don't... They don't sh- there's not usually a whole lot of video or tape. Well, they're not used... And they're like, not... Like, the receiving tight ends aren't used like they would be in the NFL. Right. And you gotta think, too, what's also an underrated thing about the position, tight end is like five different positions. You gotta learn how right. to play tight end, wide receiver, fucking fullback slash running back, you gotta right learn how tackle. to play lineman. Right. You're not just worried about, like, wide receiver running routes, catching the ball. You're the tight end... You're doing multiple different things and many different it's things. It's a lot more than just catching passes. Exactly. But I, not to sound like arrogant, but I feel like I have a pretty good eye for tight ends so far. The last couple of years I've hit on a lot of the ones that people thought were dog shit and no good. Right. So I I, I fully understand why people would fade tight ends. It's very volatile and it takes years to break out in the uh, yeah, NFL, that, let alone. That, that's, to me, that's the biggest part. Is And I think we're kind of getting away from that in a way now, the, the three to four year before they break out in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Pitts, obviously, no. I think Brock Bowers is no. I think Michael Mayer has a chance to go in and do shit year one. Oh, yeah. Um, we could even go back a little further. Guys like Pat F. You know, look pretty fucking solid in two years. Uh, I think we're... Hawk. Hawk. Right. There, there's becoming more prevalent... Right. More prevalent than not have to wait those three to four years. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I w- absolutely. I, I agree with you, though. You've... Patrick Mahomes was your... That was where you planted your flag for me. I wasn't the hugest Patrick Mahomes fan, and you, you called him from, from square one. And, and tight ends, you know, I tip my cap to you. You've done extremely well when it comes to college guys transitioning into good NFL mm-hmm. tight ends. I, I will tip my cap to you, but it's that's not for everybody. T- tight ends is a hard position to, outside of like like Deuce Robinson, top guys, mm-hmm. it's it's hard. It is. And Brock Bowers, guys that we already know are going to be great, or already are great. It's, exactly. it's, it's hard. It's hard. That's why I'm... And, there's, and there isn't a whole lot of film on tight And that's... I, I like film breakdown. It's... I mean, if it's... One game that doesn't do shit for me, right? So, tight ends is a hard position. It is. I'd say it's probably the most difficult when it comes to fantasy, mm-hmm. especially now. Most, not gonna say most, but in our circles and everything that I pay attention to, tight end premium is the norm. It's the standard now. Oh, absolutely. So they are more important than most general vanilla leagues. I don't know, like Jatavion Sanders. I showed you him from his high school tape. I fell in love with him immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darnell Washington. I don't mind playing my flag on, taking him early in the Debbie draft. Brock Bowers, of course. Right. We'll, we'll get to that in, on the next episode. Oh, yeah. So. Um, Oscar Dope. I showed you yeah. him last year from their spring game. I don't mind. Loved him, too. Taking an early stab at him. Uh, another fucking Georgia tight end. Freshman, uh, Lawson Lucky. He killed it last week. I think he had three touchdowns in their spring uh, scrimmage or game, whichever one it was, he had three touchdowns. He's going to be a fucking monster for him. He outshined Oscar Delp. So I don't I don't mind. You know I play. I risk it to get the fucking biscuit. Tyreek Hill. Right. I was on him early and risked 
That's when, another one I forgot when he was just a kick returner. And then when he, you know, supposedly beat the shit out of his child, I fucking went out and bought every Tyreek Hill share I could. Kareem Hunt. Exactly. Risk it to get the biscuit is the way I played Dynasty. You, and you've been trying to get Calvin Ridley for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got him on one team. And that, that's kind of the team I need him on. That's kind of backtracking on the whole value thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you know this guy when he's playing at the top of his game, he's a a top twelve, top fifteen asset as position at least. Mm-hmm. And if you can get him for a quarter of what his market value was before these allegations came out, if he ever comes back and can be eighty percent of what he was, and you could at that point you could sell him and make make money, profit, right. mm-hmm. you know, or you can use him if you only got a second and wrapped up and getting you know Calvin Ridley and maybe he could be a top fifteen wide receiver production wise for the next two years. Why the fuck not? Would you do it? Yeah, the Tyreek Hill and Cream Hunt thing. Uh, one unlucky manager had both of them at the same time. Right. I bought him in the offseason for a second and a third. Right. Both of them. In- One deal. Second and a third. Right. That's just what I like to play. I like to take risk, go for the high upside, which goes along with my Debbie strategy as well. Tight ends, tight end premium. I love having the, a dominant tight end. I don't like platooning guys and picking the mismatch because we're still lineup setting players. We're not fully immersed into the best ball just yet. So I'm not a fan of drafting three of them and trying to pick the matchup every week. I want the Travis Kelsey that I've fucking got for the past eight years in most of my leagues. Old tried and true. Exactly. So, Debbie, as with everything else, I want to get ahead of the curb and get my guy. And I think, you know, Jatavion Sanders, Oscar Delp, they're the ones coming down the pipeline next. And I don't mind burning a second, third-round pick on them in a Debbie draft. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, like you said, guys like that, you know, Jatavian Sanders, uh, I can't remember who the other guy was, um, freshman Georgia tight end, you just Oh, Oscar Delp? No. Lawson Lucky? Lawson Lucky. You know, like you said, if you can get, or even Oscar Delp, in the, you know, say like second or third round, and he turns out to be the next Brock Bowers. Mm-hmm. That's... People weren't on Brock Bowers as a freshman until after. Until after his freshman year. He broke out. Exactly. If you had Brock Bowers, say you took him in the third round of a five-round Debbie draft and tied in premium. Oh, you, know, you had a hell of a come-up, buddy. You're looking like a fat rat right now, buddy. Right. You got arguably a top three dynasty tight end, top five dynasty tight end right now, in my opinion. No, absolutely. And, I what, mean, and what'd you spend on him? Nothing. You spent pennies? You spent a 25 to 36 pick in a mm-hmm. Debbie in a Debbie. Draft. You spent pennies to get a dollar. Half a penny. Exactly. To get right. a two dollar bill. Right. No, a hundred percent. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I think Brock Bowers coming in, he's a top five tight end. Absolutely. I'd have him ranked in top five right now. Right. Just like Marvin Harrison, I have him ranked top five wide receivers. That might be that might be a little hot. Jamar. JJ. AJB. CD. CD. Waddle. Nope. DK. Nope. Tyreek. It'd probably be between Tyreek and, and Marvin. No, that's the last guy I would say has a chance because I, defi- I definitely think, got. Did you hear what Tyreek said? The, according to him, he's retiring after 2025 when his deal's done. Oh, yeah, when his deal's done? Yeah, because he wants to do streaming. Or video he, games? he wants to get into the business side of things in his life. Oh, okay. Which, granted, he'll be 32, 33 at that time. Which, good so for him, terrible. because he'll... 
the type of player he is, I'm sure he might lose a step between now and then. So I don't know. Look at Deshaun Jackson, man. He's still fucking That's outrunning true. everyone. That's true. Deshaun is fast. Father Time is undefeated, though. True, but if that holds true, and we're looking at two more years of Tyreek Hill, give me Marvin Harrison today, to be honest with you. Yeah. No, I, I can't. Like again, I I can't disagree with you there. If Tyreek's only around for another two years, I mean. But if we go talk to some other people in the community that aren't fully into the Debbie, they're looking at us like we're fucking shitheads. We don't know what we're doing. Yeah, I, I mean, I I know I've gotten shit for saying Bijan Robinson is a dynasty RB one. Well, that's the crazy thing. This is why people need to tap into Destination Debbie. Hop into the Heisman tier if you are able to do so. We've been talking about Bijan Robinson as a dynasty RB1 for well over a year and saying this is what people are going to be doing when the time comes. We've seen this coming. We've talked about so much shit in that just the Heisman room months, year before it happens, and then it comes out, we're, we're just like, no shit. We've been talking about this for months. We've been preparing and strategizing for this, and now... Most of the community is way behind. You're late to the party. Exactly. And we're like, well, we saw this coming. Did you really? Like Lamar Jackson. Right. We were talking about for months that he's going to request the trade and get out of there. And then when it finally happened, people were, holy shit, he's not going to be on the Ravens. You didn't foresee that coming this whole time. Right. Uh, Zeke getting cut. We've been talking about Joe Mixon getting cut for two months now. And he was charged with something from Cincinnati earlier today. It looks like he's probably going to be a post-June 1st designation cut to save $10 million. Right. And now people are just now panicking about Joe Mixon not having a job and wanting to get rid of him. I mean, and we talked about Zeke getting cut for the last two years. Mm-hmm. And I love Joe Mixon, too, but he's talking about getting cut since before last season. I mean, yeah. it's it's a business. Mm-hmm. You know, it shit happens. I'm surprised guys like Davin Cook still have a job. No, he's could possibly be traded. I don't think they'll cut him, but I, I did hear that he's been playing with a banged up shoulder as we all knew for years and it's he got it fixed. It's hundred percent now. So about, maybe we see about damn time. Maybe we see a better Dalvin Cook as he gets older. A la Derrick Henry. You never know. It's it's possible. I know, just uh, we'll we'll go ahead and finally wrap it up here. But uh, basically all in all, our Debbie strategy is a Zig and zag compared to what most people do. We'll take the shots on the tight of the quarterbacks early. Oh, that's that's what I was going to get at with the not really get at, but I did want to make one point about uh, Bijan being RB one dynasty RB one. Um, that the guys that don't get it, they're like, I can't put him in my dynasty RB one because he's never played it down in the NFL. But these are also the same guys that took and in, in dynasty startups they took Zeke as the first RB off the board and Saquon the first RB mm-hmm. off the board. How's it any different? Well, it's how do you view dynasty rankings, right? Or tiers, or whatever. Do you view it as this is what they are today, or are you trying to project what they are going to be the next uh, two to three year window, or one to three year window? Because I, I, I Bijan's going to be the top dog, I think, before the season's over. Yeah, I, I'm sure you and I, when it comes to like our dynasty, because we obviously have our own rankings, but are in very similar boats. Like it is today, but it's also it is is today. Moving forward, mm-hmm. this has nothing to do with. It kind of does, but it's not entirely based on what have you done for me. No. It is. 
If that's the way now it was, our wide receiver rankings would look drastically way different. different. Right. It, it is now moving forward. So, to, to me, I mean, I, I don't think there's any question. Bijan's the RB1. Jonathan Taylor ain't it. He had a hell of a, a down year last year. Uh, Brees Hall got hurt. So, what, CMC? Kenneth Walker. KW3. Travis Etienne. Right. And then when you look... You say, oh, well, Etienne or Walker, well, they had one good year. They're only one season ahead of Bijan. Right. Who's more talented? Bijan. Bijan. Most people would probably hands, say. Hands down. Who's more talented out of Bijan, JT, Brees? I think people would say Bijan. It's it's closer than KW3 and Etienne, but it's, mm-hmm. it's still Bijan. Yeah, 100%. So, my, my our point so exactly. It's not as crazy as some people perceive it if you would sit down and think of it like that. It, I get the outlook of, like, he's never played a down, blah, 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 but this guy has been the greatest thing since sliced bread for the last three years. This He has been the guy since day one. He was he was the guy in his class. And when but, you're comparing, but also, if when you, you feel that way, why the hell are you going out there and trying to get that 23-101? Why have you been trying to do it for years if that's how you truly that's feel how you about feel. him? Right. And, well, and then you also got to look at him amongst his peers. Who is the RB1 if it's not Bijan? Sure, should not JT. Brees Hall, again, like I said, injury. And that offense is going to look way different next year with Aaron Rodgers. Who, then who else is it? It's not CMC. I love CMC, but it's not him. For me, it is. Just that production. All, all, if it's not any of these guys, no. It's probably yeah, if it's not JT or Brees. Yeah, it's probably CMC. Yeah. But I'm saying it's, but it's not because it's Bijan. Mm-hmm. But if it's not, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's definitely not KW3. No, no. I, I love him, but it's not him. It's not ETN. And that's it. It's not, no, it's not ETN. ETN's not in the same tier to me. No. ETN's no. tier two. You know, getting some more running back discussion, even though it's, I feel like the running back position is going to slowly make a comeback in dynasty circles. They're not going to be the it, it is, left for dead guys We much are longer. passing the torch now. We are getting to the point where guys the last five years are getting older and the torches are passing on. Well, the torch will be passed that 24 class because it is fucking loaded. Stacked. When it comes to oh, running did backs. Did you want to talk about the tweet you sent me from that guy the other day at all? Nope. Not today, my friend. Not today? Not today. I, all right. Well, we'll save that little teaser for another time. We might not even ever talk about it, but... I. But it sure as hell is saved on my favorites on my photos. Not going to forget that one. Right. We'll circle back to that one next year and see what, his, what tune he's singing. There we go. I like that. Yeah, but all in all, Debbie strategy-wise, go for the high upside. You're, you're looking at Debbie to play your picks anyways. Why not? In my opinion, it's like I said, it's my preferred way to treat it like a minor league baseball system in the major leagues. They try to get as many as good prospects to... Shovel up to their MLB roster and replace the holes they have. That's the way I treat it. You know, drafting for value and trading is not a bad thing, but I've come to find that you cannot always trade as way a lot of people make it seem easy as fucking butter. It's not always that way in every league. So know your league as well and the guys you're playing with. If you if that's the way it is, they'll come after these assets as soon as they make one good play then it's a little bit easier for you to draft for value and try to re-roll into something, but it's not always that way. And I've found that out the hard way. 
as yeah. as have you. No, we, I, I mean, it's the guy's always cheaper before he breaks out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a beautiful thing about fantasy. If you wait too long, you got to pay up. Just like Anthony Richardson this year. Right. Give me him over the safe picks because why? Higher ceiling. Exactly. He can get you more for your fantasy team because that. What do you look for in your fantasy quarterback, Derek? Rushing upside. What What do you want him to do in the box scores? Oh, stat sheet stuffer. Stat a sheet. His stat sheet stuffer. Exactly. Sorry, you want some damn fantasy points out yeah. of him, right? Yeah. I wouldn't be able to do everything. Exactly. And that's the point of the fucking game is to score fantasy points. Right. And this guy has the possibility to score 25. I want him to have me 300 passing yards, three rushing, three touchdowns, a rushing touchdown, and 100 rushing yards. Absolutely. With no picks and no fumbles. Well, call up Jalen Hurts then. I think he's could be better than Hurts. That's what we want. We want these guys to score fucking fancy points for us. Right. And I think Anthony Richardson can score the most for me compared he, to the... He, he has... I'm not going to say tools in the toolbox, but he's got more options than most quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. He's got the arm and he's also got the athleticism. It's just can he... It can't be utilized. He just needs to be fine-tuned. Right. And that can happen. We've seen it. Right. Um, it, but in, in summary, I feel like when it comes to the Devi drafting strategy. It is a lot easier to replace running backs. You can put your staple on a running back a lot easier than you can a quarterback. Take your shots on quarterbacks, in my opinion. That way, when you hit on one... If I hit on a quarterback and I know his shelf life is 10 years, I can go out there and get a running back. Mm-hmm. That's why I play the way I do. I mean, about in our, the one startup Debbie we did last year... 10 to 12 of our 24 picks were running backs. There's going to be running backs coming in like this draft class. For us, we have Rocket Sanders, Coach Sean Judkins, obviously all the freshmen, Donovan Edwards, Trey Benson, Zach Charbonnet's still there, Tank Mm -hmm. Bigsby. A lot of guys are there for running backs. They come in every year, guys. No need to pass up a possibility of... uh, like, if I'm sitting on the clock and I'm looking at Dante Moore or Quinshawn Judkins, I'm going to take Dante Moore. Yeah, as much as I like Quinshawn Judkins, yeah. Because there's going to be three or four Quinshawn Judkins in the same time there's going to be another Dante Moore. Exactly. How, how how long has Aaron Rodgers been a quarterback? I mean, in the NFL. My, my, my point is... Long time. You can shuffle in and out three and four running backs before you're going to have to replace Aaron Rodgers. Yep. That's why I... The main reason I draft the way I do is shelf life. And things with quarterbacks can change quickly. Dante Moore came in UCLA. People didn't think he was going to start. The perceived starter is now taking third string reps. And Dante Moore is battling it out with a different quarterback for the starter. Right. Again, his value could go up. Before he even hits fall practice. Right. Arch Manning's value could have already taken a dip based on spring ball. Right. Depending on how you view it. And Dante Moore, he's been my quarterback one. I've been saying that for months and months. And his value, in my opinion, Debbie-wise, has gone up so far. And we, again, we, we're still in fucking April. I, so that's Dante, why I take the shots on those guys I've done my research on that I believe in. Right. For situations like this. I, I wish I had done more QB research in months ago compared to the last, like, two, three weeks. Uh, I'm right there with you, Dante Moore. I love I love Dante Moore. And 
I still like Arch Manning, but it, it, to me, Dante Moore is clear-cut QB1 in this class coming in. But, but this is why I have the strategy I do, and I want to take those quarterbacks because this is what can happen. Right. And then if I, you know, feel like he might fall off or he's not looking as good as I thought he was, then I have the option to trade him. The the kind of reiterating what you're saying, I mean, it's to maybe we're not so casual and we're a little bit better at it, but to me watching tape on a QB and his decision-making and throws and all that, like to me it's clear-cut, easy to see that Dante Moore is a prolific passer compared to or anybody else in the class. It's oh, he's very... it, it doesn't to me it doesn't take a whole lot of time or research to see that. Not and if you know I'm, what you're looking for, no. I, it, it's there. It's it's blaringly obvious mm-hmm. to me. And I'm sure to you. Oh yeah. You can just like you said, you can just see it in the Under Armour All American game or the whatever the name is for uh, now. Elite though. eleven. I mean it's it's, it's there, it's, it's out there on tape. It's, it's everywhere. If you know what you're looking for and what you're looking at, you can tell. He's got it, I believe, yeah. and I think he's going to be a first-round quarterback yeah. in the NFL here in three years. But don't just go off of 24-7 and see what their draft comparison is. Yeah, please don't. I love 24-7. They're probably the best recruiting site out there because they have the most information. They're deep. But comparisons aren't everything. Make your own. Comparisons. You, you don't know why they're making that comparison completely. It could be body style, play that's style. Exactly what I was to say. A lot of comparisons are strictly based on body type and like Burrow and Arch uh, analytics. It's, it's numbers. Like Burrow and Arch Manning, they're, they're the same size. They they their athletic abilities are fairly similar, and literally they're carbon copies. Six foot four, two fifteen or two twelve. Mm-hmm. It's they're the same. Yeah. Well, if Arch I mean, was six one. Who knows if he would get that Joe Burrow comparison? Who, who was it the big. other day that we saw that was compared to Amon Ross St. Brown? And it was like that is way. Brandon wrong. Ennis. Was that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't don't. It's not even. It's not even close. No. Don't. That that is not gospel. It's it's cute, and I like a lot of the other shit they do, but don't. The Joe Burrow one with Arch is okay, but don't. That's no not. Don't look on twenty four seven like uh, Dante Moore's. Projection is like a first-round pick, and his comparison is Dak Prescott. Don't be expecting he's going to play like Dak Prescott because he's not as mobile and doesn't run like Dak. No, so that's not why they're making that comparison. They're making it for other reasons. Right. But uh, that'll do it for this uh, way lengthier than usual Debbie episode for us. This was one of the more fun ones. It, or This is the funnest one we've done in a while. And we'll probably do a part two of the strategy here in a couple weeks. Dive more deeper into like our wide receivers. We mostly talked about quarterbacks. A little bit of running back. We'll probably do a part two, dive deeper into the other positions and where we like to go with them and what we like to do. But next week coming at you, we will be doing another uh, Debbie mock draft. It's that time of the month, as the women like to say. Oh, as we do on this show. You can't say that. Well, it is. It's that time of the month. It's mock time. Well, I know it's that time of the month, but you can't say it as our women like to say. That's fucked. Fine, as our men like to say. There we it's go. It's that time of the month. As it likes to say. There you go. So we'll be doing another five-round mock draft. Probably go over <coughs> at least the first three and then post the rest on Twitter like we did last time. So that'll be another fun one. We're going to get cracking on that. Cause, yeah, you know, we'll see what, what side of the bed we wake up on that day. See who we take. 
Oh, yeah. But I like I think I told you, I mean, ADP sheet for us. So now we're not going to be guessing what the hell happened last month anymore. Yeah. Got it down. There you go. Now we're getting on track as real content creators and getting up there. We're figuring, figuring it out. Yeah, figuring it out all the way in there. But that'll do it for this week's episode. Uh, please leave us a rating, review, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever the hell you listen to us on. Uh, hit us up on Twitter with any kind of questions. Or if you guys want to see us cover a certain topic or talk about a certain player or strategy, feel free to let us know and we'll squeeze that in for you. Then, of course, on Twitter, you can send that to the the show page at gridiron underscore FS, at gump7285, or at D underscore K-O-C-H 93. And that'll do it for us this week, and we'll see you again next week with a very exciting mock draft. Thanks for listening. See you. Stay safe.